believe that the Lord is already smiling down upon us because of what we're endeavoring to do this morning. So can we give God a hand clap of praise? Do me a favor and go to your Bibles. I want us to go to Ephesians chapter 4. I got a lot to say in a little bit of time to say it because I know we're on a schedule. But Ephesians chapter 4, I told our church that we should never do anything that the Lord has not outlined in his word to do. So I need to give us a level of context and reference about what's taking place this morning. Ephesians chapter 4, I know I've been on a sermon series, but I have to pause in this series on this morning. So thank you, Bishop Eddie Shannon. Thank you, Pastor Tabitha. Thank you, uh, Pastor Jose. Thank you to your lovely wife uh, for choosing to serve alongside us this morning. It should be on your screens. Here's another thing I need you to do. Please lift up um, our own sister, Deborah Cabrera, in prayer. I told y'all on this week that she lost her husband of over 40 years. So we want to lift her up in prayer on this morning. We love you, Miss Deborah, if you're watching. I want to read from the New King James Version of the Bible. The Bible declares this, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. Somebody say unity. unity. In the blood of pe- in the bond of peace. There is one body. Somebody say one body. And one spirit. Somebody say one spirit. Just as you were called in one hope of your calling. The Bible says in verse number five, one Lord. Somebody shout one Lord. Somebody shout one faith. And somebody shout one baptism. And verse 6 says, and one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. I want to minister from this subject, the power of one. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I I believe the church is conflicted and confused as to where its power is found. Somebody shout power. I believe much of the church is conflicted and confused. And I believe we have way too many churches who are focused on how to be unique rather than being, watch this, unified. We've got too many churches concerned about being unique. You know, you got a church that wants to be the most prophetic. You got churches that want to have the most programs. And you got churches that simply want to have the most people. Somebody say the devil is a lie. Uh, we we, we want to be unique but hear this the reality is not found and our power is not found in the church and being unique it's our ability to be unified somebody shout unified Unified. Uh, and herein lies one of the problems with many churches is that they are more distant despondent and divisive rather than dedicated to unify Uh, Watch this. I want you to know something, Bishop Eddie. I want you to know something, Pastor Jose. I believe the the Lord has endued power upon your ministries now because you chose to be unified. Oh, that's good news to me. Uh, We, uh, in other words, notice this: a divisive church is a church where the devil is head and the church is devil led. Did y'all hear what I just said? Whenever you find division in a church, I promise you that's a church. Watch this: that is devil led. Uh, This is why Jude 1.19 declares this. I don't know if it's on our screens, but the Bible says these are sensual persons who cause division, not having the spirit. And watch it. Watch this. If it's not the spirit, then it's Satan. Whenever you find division in a church, the Bible says that it's not of the spirit. So if it ain't of the spirit, somebody say "It's it's the devil. This is why we must strive to be the church that is one concerned about one body. Connected as one body and committed as one body. You know, sometimes you try to get churches to come together and it's like pulling teeth. 
because they're not concerned, they're not committed, they're not dedicated to becoming one body. It was easy for me to ask Pastor Jose, would you connect with us? It was easy for me to ask Bishop Eddie, can you connect with us? Because they're concerned about somebody shout one body. Because Psalm 133 reminds us that the blessing is reserved for those that are focused on the one. So could it be, watch this, that some churches aren't blessed because they are more concerned about being unique than united. Many of us think that many churches, because they got people, because they got programs, because they have prophecy, that they're blessed. But Psalm 133 reminds us that the blessing is bestowed upon those that are united. And this is why this morning we come together as three distinct congregations. Yet one church. Somebody shout one church. Well, one church this morning. We're not concerned about who going to go to who church, who going to join who church. We're not concerned about that. We're concerned about one church. And this is why verses three or four of our foundational text declares endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, and just as called one hope of our calling. In other words, watch this. We've been ordained to be one. Because the kingdom is bigger than our congregations. Heaven's agenda is bigger than our congregations. And the Lord's work is bigger than our congregations. There is both purpose and power in the one. So if we want our churches to have purpose and power, then our churches must be one. Listen, I'm concerned about the success of these churches. I'm concerned about the success of their ministries. Because it's bigger than our congregations. There's purpose attached to being one. So here's what I want to do. I want to examine the text because we got a lot of work to do, y'all, this morning. I want us to look at verse number five. Notice what the first part of the text says. It says one Lord. Somebody shout one Lord. Christ came for all, not just your church. Therefore, we have no clout. Did y'all hear what I just said? Many of us like like to tout our churches, but Christ came for all, not just your church. 2 Peter 3 and 9 reminds us that it's it's his will that none perish. That means you don't have this, the best church on this side of glory. I know we like to say this. You don't have the best pastor on this side of glory and you don't have the best ministry on this side of glory. I know we say these things lightly, but they don't lead us to being one. We say it so casually that I got the best church on this side of glory. So just sit your behind down and know that God has called us to be one. This is why we must pursue power in the one because we're saved, watch this, by one Christ. So the first thing I need us to understand, the reason that we're coming together as ministries because we've been saved by one Christ. That means we cannot boast in when we got saved. Y'all know if you serve, uh, if you were saved today, you're just as saved as the one that was saved on yesterday. Uh, So it does not matter when you got saved. It does not matter where you got saved. There is no difference in the one who was saved in the revival as the one who was saved in the hotel room. It does not matter where. And watch this. It does not matter who you got saved under. It does not matter if you were led to Christ by an apostle or by your auntie. Tell your neighbor, it does not matter. Because as our foundational text declares, we have and were saved by one Lord. We don't boast that we're saved because we're simply blessed that we are saved. Listen, it don't matter when I was saved, where I was saved, under who I was saved. I boast in the fact that I'm saved. Because watch this, after I leave this earthly journey, somebody say we all going to the same place. 
And we got believers that boast on that stuff. Uh, And the problem with many believers is that we make their salvation a badge of honor rather than a blessing. Oh, it's not a badge of honor. Because watch this. Unsaved people don't care about your title. They care about your testimony. And we get in these 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 conflicts with other believers who I was saved under Bishop so-and-so. I've been saved for 40, 45 years. I don't, it does not matter. Because unsaved folk don't care about your title. I don't want nobody. When I go out and outreach, I don't tell nobody that I'm a pastor. Because unsaved folk don't care that I'm a pastor. They want to hear my testimony. How have you been delivered? How have you been set free? How has God changed your life? They want to know, watch this. Are you really saved? Who is this one Christ who has saved you? We need to stop boasting and stop ce- start celebrating the blessing that all have been saved. So watch this. I want us to understand that we've been saved by one Lord. Somebody say one Lord. One Lord. Uh, notice this. The Bible says one faith. Uh, in other words, the so-called mandate on your church should never be bigger than the message of the church. Uh, uh, what do I mean? We're called to preach. Watch this. One faith. We're called to proclaim one faith. And we're called, we must endeavor, watch this, to promote one faith. Because we, we watch this, we serve by one covenant. Somebody say one covenant. Uh, so the question we got to ask ourselves is, what covenant are we serving by? Is it to preach this faith in which we believe? Is it to proclaim this faith in which we believe? Or is it to promote this faith in which we believe? If so, then watch this being one would be our portion. It's not hard to be one when we know that we've been saved, watch this, and served by one covenant. I I, I don't care about the mandate of my church. I care about the covenant of God. So this is why I told Pastor Tabitha this. We're not just in relationship, but we're in covenant. And whenever you're in covenant, the agendas of yourself do not matter. The only agenda that matters is God, is God, is God. Uh, Watch this. This is why we're we're coming together today. Because we've been persuaded by one faith. We serve together not because we have another agenda, but because one faith is our assignment. See, when I know I've got an assignment, it's easy to work with somebody else who's on that assignment as well. And listen, here's the problem with a lot of churches. We like to connect with folk because they got bright lights. We like to connect with folk that because they got this big, nice children's ministry. We like to connect to folks because they got a name on the marquee. But I want to connect with folks that are about the same assignment as me. And we mess ourselves up because watch this. You connect with the wrong folk. The Bible says, how can two walk together lest they agree? Oh, watch this. Watch what Romans 10, 17 declares. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, we serve by this covenant that someone may come to this one faith. I'm not concerned about them coming to this church. I'm not concerned if they go to his church. I'm concerned if they come, watch this, to the one faith. Somebody say one faith. And watch this. God will never bless your ministry when you've got an agenda bigger than his assignment. I need y'all to hear me. We, 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 We serve together until all have heard. And the sad reality is that there's some churches that have other agendas rather than all hearing the one faith. And watch this. Some pastor 
wants you to hear how good they preach. Some intercessor wants you to hear how well they pray. Some prophet wants you to hear how accurate they prophesy. And this is why some churches can't be one because they're not concerned about one faith. Oh, that's a sad tragedy. But hear this, there's no power in your preaching, no power in your prayer, no power in your prophecy if it's not rooted in the one faith. Did y'all hear what I just said? There's no power in that if it's not rooted in the one faith. So hear this, I'm out y'all way. I said that we're saved by one Christ. This this one Christ has saved us. We serve by one covenant. And listen, the last portion of the text says one baptism. The sad reality of the church is that We have many that rejoice in gossip. They even pray for the sin uh, of other believers rather than the sanctification of other believers. Y'all know you got folk that rejoice, that gossip, that even pray for the sins of other believers. You've got folk like that that call themselves Christians. That's the sad reality. We have blogs about the sin of other believers. We make posts about the sins of other believers. And watch this. We even have round table discussions. Girl, come over to my house for dinner so that I can talk about the sin of another believer. We, we, We do all of this. But hear this. Here's a word of wisdom. You may be talking about their sins today, but it could be your sins tomorrow. I don't want to get caught up talking about another sins today because it could be mine tomorrow. And I said this, whenever you're wrapped in flesh, you're always subject to fall. So I'm not so crazy that I think that I'm not subject to fall. And y'all probably say, Pastor Keith, I need to see that in the text. But watch this, 1 Corinthians 10 and 12 says, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you fall. Somebody say, why is this significant? Because we're all sanctified by one crucifixion. There was one sacrifice that caused me to be sanctified. Oh, y'all got to hear what I'm saying this morning. In other words, I may not be in the same place of your sanctification, but I am on the same pursuit. We like to judge people because they're not in the same place on this journey of sanctification as I am. But here's what I'm concerned about. You may not be in the same place, but are you at least on the same pursuit? I'm not going to talk about nobody because where you were, I used to be there at one point. Tell your neighbor, I'm only concerned about being on the same pursuit. Uh, The same pursuit because we've been sanctified by one crucifixion. Oh, notice this. We're all being sanctified. And this is why we strive to be one. We should all pray for one another to be sanctified. We should all push one another to be sanctified. And we should all persuade one another to be sanctified. Because the church has power, watch this, when we're all sanctified. This is about why the Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see God. So in other words, I should be encouraging. I know you fell on yesterday. I know you got slipped up in sin. I know you slept with her and you did not want to and you feel convicted now. But I want to be able to push you to sanctification because what the church does is condemn them. And when they leave the church, you wonder why your church is all of a sudden falling apart. Because watch this, the power resides and if we can all be, somebody say sanctified. This is why I don't give up on folk. You got pastors that will push people out the door. You will get 
pastors that will call people out by name and tell them they say, we're like, Pastor, that's so good. I love how you call out people sin and we're never concerned about them being sanctified. And those churches, somebody say, has no power. Watch this. The enemy wins when we promote another believer's sin rather than their sanctification. Somebody say the enemy always wins. So hear this. Don't talk about another sin if you have no intention to talk to God about their sin. Listen, I don't want nobody talking about Pastor Keith's sin if you have no intentions to take my sins to God. If I'm going to talk about your sins, I'm going to at least take those sins and talk to God about it. Oh, we got so many folk that want to talk about folks' sin, but don't talk to the God that can cleanse me. Watch this. He says, I'm faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And watch this. Cleanse you, somebody say, of all unrighteousness. We love to say, oh, that daughter, that daughter ain't going to get out of that. That, that, that son ain't going to get out of that. But we serve a God that can cleanse us from all. Oh, somebody say, I need to be making intercession. And that's, this is why there's power in the one. Because we're all sanctified by one crucifixion. Hear this, I'm out your way. Many churches are void of purpose and power because many churches fail to pursue the power of the one. There's going to be power on your church, Pastor Jose. There's going to be another level of power just because of what we're doing today. We get so caught up in sermon um, series. We get caught up in so much about what we're going to pray, what we're going to put on the program. And God says, Jesus said, my prayer is that they be one as you, as I and the Father are one. And God says there's power in that. The only time we get purpose, I know you got a name for your church. I know you got a mission statement for your church. But if you can't be unified, somebody say there's no power in your church. So God says, I want to give you power and purpose. And notice what verse 6 says, and I'm going to be out your way. The ability for God to say, well done, is dependent upon the body to be one. God, I thought it was if I get the land. I thought if I built the building, you'll say, well done. I thought if I got the kids ministry together, you'll say, well done. No, it's if you can be one as one body. And consider verse six of our foundational text. The Bible says one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Watch this. Our ability to give to be one gives us the power so that somebody might submit to one creator. I know churches that nobody gets saved. Y'all hear me? Stay with me. I know there's moving parts. Listen to me. There are churches you can go year round and nobody gives their life to Christ. There's manufactured baptisms. Nobody is really saved. And we wonder that should be the fruit of the church. The Bible says in the book of Acts that he added to the church daily as such as need. So in other words, if we want power so that somebody at Shaw Elementary might submit to one creator, we've got to be somebody say one. I don't care what it is, whatever area in your life is broken this morning, whatever area there's a need for a level of reconciliation in your life. It's not just the church. I'm speaking to everybody here. The Bible says we've got to be one. And watch this. God's not concerned about their response. He's concerned about yours. All right, because many times people won't reconcile with you. People won't unify and unite with you. But God says, are you making some level of efforts? It says, as all that depends on you, live at peace with all men. So God is saying that we got to unify in this season. 
because we got a lot of churches with open doors, but no power and no purpose. But I promise you, I did this not so that we can say that we did something for Shaw Elementary, but that God might endue power and purpose on our ministries. And I believe it is so. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. God, we honor you for this time together. God, we know, God, that the time has been far spent. But God, we pray that you are pleased. I thank you, God, for my wife who caused us to pause in worship. God, so that we may never rush, God, what you want to do in our lives. God, we believe, God, that you're well pleased, God. You've given us instructions now, God. Now cause us to walk it out. God, we want to see somebody saved, not somebody join our church, not so that we can add somebody's name to the roster, but God, so that heaven might be increased. We come together for that one accord, for that one purpose. I thank you, God, for Pastor Jose and his wife. I thank you for Bishop Eddie and his wife. I thank you, God, for the power and purpose that you're endowing on their ministries now. You're smiling down upon them. Cause them to know, God, that their labor is not in vain. This is a new season for them, God. And God, I believe you're going to do it. Thank you, God, for us simply being a conduit to do your work. We love you. We adore you. And every believer in this place who believe the word of the Lord, give God a hand clap of praise. At this time, I'm going to ask Pastor, Pastor Cole to give us a few final instructions.